time. Social bubbles staring lovingly into your significant other's face. It gets boring. Isn't having kids the most magnificent thing? People don't say that anymore. But it's coming home. And you won't be there. You definitely should not be there. Hang on. What are you doing here? Get the f*** out. That's better. So, get ready for desperation, sexiness, and toxic masculinity, as you will walk alone or be killed by a sentient beast. So, at the end of the day, hunker down into the roller coaster of emotion as it slowly dawns on you that you actually hate this game. A game as English as your son not wanting to play rugby returns. And it's live, 160 games only on BT Sport, June 17th. And we're back! Joel, we are back! Wait, wait, you said and we're back like we'd already, this is the beginning of the episode. We're back with football. Yeah, that's true. That is true. And uh, it, it's, it's, what a time to be alive. I mean, we're alive. Three months of being locked locked in. That's been fun. Um, listener, you will notice that on the edge of hearing, there are birds singing. There's wind. There's voices. There's probably building works because it's North London. Kyle, I can see you. I can't touch you, but I can see you. I can't. I can barely reach you. No, I know. Two meters is quite far. <laughs> but we're leaning in for the mic, sort of like a push me pull you. I lean in. Joel leans out. Listeners, we're together! It's crazy! <laughs> We've not seen each other in the flesh. Uh, we are socially distanced uh, 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 in our outdoor studio, uh, erected purely for the Absolute Body Football Podcast. That's right, every other podcast is still doing socially distanced Zooms. As that parrot <laughs> in the tree goes tweet, 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 it's saying, my God, Absolute World, are you renegades? We say renegades, listeners, we're very socially distanced. So I know what you're thinking, Joel saying, a parrot in a tree... You thought he meant pigeon. No, no, no. This is North London where there are hordes of green parrots. Yeah, fact. Weird that, isn't it? Uh, apparently, um, somebody released a load, a couple of breeding birds onto like Hampstead Heath. And then uh, since then, they've just exploded. Not literally. <laughs> not literally. That's not how they mate. That's not how parrots work. I had a different rumour. I had they escaped from a zoo, London Zoo. Oh, really? That's yeah. just nonsense. Oh, well, so is having green parrots in London, but there we are. There we um, are. We're doing a watch-along, guys. A watch-along. Remember those? We get a guest in when we've got a guest tonight. Well, it would have been difficult because socially distancing guests would have been hard. We don't have a three-sided microphone for the triangle of two-metre distance. It wouldn't have worked. Stop giving away what our studio looks but like. But anyway, <laughs> we are having a watch-along. We're going to watch the first game back in the English Premier League. It's Aston Villa versus Sheffield United. We ran through the teams before we, we started recording. Joel knows, knows 30% of the players. Do you, know, do you know 100? Would you, would you if it had been role reversed and I'd been asking you about the players, would you have known 100%? I would have got maybe 80% right to 90%. I think that puts you in the top 1% of football fans. <laughs> That's fine. But I'm, what I'm really here for, Joel, is the takeaway. That's right, it's a watch-along, we'll have a chat, we'll watch the first half, we'll get a takeaway, we'll have a chat again, yeah. we'll watch the second half, and then we'll do another chat. Oh my god, I've missed this! It's bad, isn't it? Uh, listener, uh, you, uh, what, what a surprise. I'm about to launch into feeling guilty about being excited about football. I'm guilty, Kyle, I feel guilty. I feel guilty that I've been looking forward to it. I feel guilty that it's that the pleasure of it being back on telly, and whoa, is it on telly. 
every single game of the remainder of the Premier League season will be available on television. Uh, not just on BT Sport, as our intro suggests. Oh yeah, I should clear that up. Thank you to Liam Timms, the uh, dulcet tones of the wonderful intellect and humour of the actor Liam Timms there was our, with our opener. Um, he kindly let us use that and we thought it was quite apt. Uh, it wasn't, wasn't 100% true, but uh, yeah, thanks Liam. He's a massive Liverpool fan, by the way. And uh, for those of you listening to our show, we've noticed uh, our listenership has really enjoyed the show during lockdown. We know we haven't done any for about six weeks, but we're back with a bang. Thanks for keeping with us, and we're glad that we've been giving you some entertainment this, in this torrid time. But yes, if you're li- we're listening now and you're thinking, oh, it's back. Very simply, we'd just come back to watch Liverpool win, and then we can go back to sleep. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but I am really excited for it, and I, I do feel guilty about being excited for it, but maybe this is not the episode to talk about that. Um, before we watch the game, Kyle, I know that our listener, both football avid fan and non-avid fan alike, want to uh, pick your brains. What's been happening in the world of football before uh, the actual games start kick off again? Well, this week has been dominated, and I think this is sort of connected to your guilt, Joel, so why don't we talk about it? We've got yeah. about seven minutes till kick-off. Come on! Marcus Rashford has basically taken over government. You, you might not have seen it. You might have. Essentially, his campaign for the continuation of the, of the, the school meals program? Free school meals uh, for uh, families who uh, really need it uh, have been provided even though the kids have been at home. Um, so basically, Rashford ran a campaign to maintain that program through the summer months so that children who live in food poverty... Uh, may continue to at least have one meal provided by the state in the summertime as well as during town time. And it wasn't like Marcus Rashid was the first person to put this forward. People within government, other MPs, the opposition. It's been mooted, but it was being largely ignored. And then turns up a two-page letter written by a Premier League footballer. And for some reason, within 24 hours... They've reversed their position. There's a lot of hot takes on this that I don't want to deep dive into. There's a lot of different perspectives. But it's undeniable that on one day, the Prime Minister said, we won't be doing that. And then Rashford responded by encouraging all of his followers to tweet and retweet, uh, encourage a U-turn. And the next day they did, they U-turned. So regardless of what your perspective is on why this is the case, of what this means about modern politics and social media and... Uh, a footballer making a, a big to-do and something actually happening, regardless of all of the machinations and cogs in that, he did do it. It did change. It's an extraordinary thing, and we should all be very proud of Marcus Rashford, I think, for doing something so positive with his profile. 100%. And also, he's still very young. We, we've, we, You and I and our guests have sort of waxed lyrical about other footballers... Uh, making political statements or stands. Raheem Sterling is one that comes to mind. And Gary Neville, Juan Mata. Yep, but they're all older. Yep. And for Rashford to, to, to go out of his way to take the stand is incredible. Um, and really utilising his position as one of the best young footballers in England. It's, it's a fabulous story and one that I hope will have continued parallels. Um, I also expect a major newspaper right-wing backlash against him. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the son try and do some kind of takedown on his family. Uh, one of the main sort of tenets of what he said was, I've, I've lived in food poverty. Without free school meals, I had nothing. 
um, this is why I'm doing this. So I fully expect the sun to try and do some muck digging because as soon as you put your head above the parapet, as we've discussed so many times with Raheem Sterling, especially as a young black footballer, um, and even more so at these times, uh, you you get uh, attacked. Also, I thought what was really strong in his letter was that he didn't just make the point I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for free school meals. He also made the point that the the working, the low sort of income, the sort of the the minimum wage, isn't enough to sustain a family. Yeah. Um, and he made it really eloquently using his mum as an example, and that all the jobs she had to do to survive and to raise her children. And of course, Katie Hopkins waded in. Did you Did see she? that? I didn't see that. Yeah, Katie Hopkins waded in and said. Uh, Essentially, she said, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't we think that really the issue is that young women are having children with absolutely no wherewithal and how they're going to feed those children? Oh, God. And someone posted a picture of her with her head superimposed onto a Man City player tackling Marcus Rashford. And she said, yeah, I look hot in blue. And Man City retweeted saying, yeah, not in our blue. Excellent work. So well done, Man City. Well done, Man United. Well done, Manchester, and well done, Marcus Rashford. Yes, fabulous stuff. Well, a nice, nice to have a feel-good story about football when we've had so many uh, slightly less, slightly more salubrious stories of footballers breaking lockdown, uh, and they've been under attack by the government for being rich and not being role models. Well, that's Marcus Rashford sticking two proverbials up to that concept. Although my favourite thing to come out of it was Matt Hancock referring to Daniel Rashford. <laughs> Matt Hancock, well, I remember when he when they were trying to imply that he might want to push for the, the leadership of the party about 18 months ago. And back then I thought this man was savvy. And for the last three months he's just put he's his foot the, in it time and time again. He's got the best like, rabbit in the headlights look in every interview, in every briefing that he's done. He just looks scared. And now he's called Marcus Rashford Daniel Rashford and said, he, oh, he just misspoke or whatever. I mean, it's just... Oh, it's fine, but don't just say you misspoke, just say you didn't know his name. Yeah, because of course you didn't know his name. Also, it's actually okay for the Minister for Health not to know a Premier League footballer's name. It's just that the, the automatic spin and publicity take on it is so ludicrous. Oh. Well, hopefully, after this, everyone in the UK will know Marcus Rashford's name, and for a very, very good reason, aside from the fact that he's an okay footballer. Yeah, not just an OK footballer, potentially one of the best of his generation. I was going to say, well, we'll see at the European Championship, but that's one thing this night you might have, you might be rejoicing about. There is no European international tournament this summer. It got moved. It got moved to next year. Uh, what football's being? What so? So football's coming back today. We're about to watch some in about three minutes' time. Mm-hmm. What very quickly? What's what football is happening and what football isn't happening? Okay, so we'll start at the top echelon of, of English football, the Premier League beacon of corporate sport uh, is back obviously there's no way they would let it just whimper out it's back the money is back but they're letting us plebs watch it for free and on certain sort of uh, platforms for example uh, BBC are going to have some Premier League football which I haven't had since uh, the 80s um, that's going to be exciting but they've got very low sort of pedigree games BT Sport have a few um Sky are letting us watch loads for free. Thank you on on Pick, which is Channel Eleven on your free view, Joe. I've I've made sure I've got it, and then Amazon have got free access to a, a handful of games too, and you can apparently watch that for free. Uh, yeah, on Amazon Prime if you already have Amazon Prime. So you still you have to already be paying for Amazon Prime 
I'm still reeling over that Amazon Prime day that we did where I didn't get my football onto the Rooney Island. I mean, that's a long-term listener <laughs> reference. <laughs> but what's going to be different about tonight, Joel? What's going to be different? There'll be no fans in the stadium. Zero. Zero fans in attendance. Uh, I don't know. Uh, is it at Villa Park? or? A, it's uh... at Villa Park, Aston Villa in the relegation area. Uh, or zone. God, I've forgotten the terms. Aston Villa in the relegation cage. And Sheffield United fighting for European elevation status. Um, which is a shock because they just got promoted. So they're a plucky team playing away at Villa Park with no fans for either team. And what this, is, what this has shown in other leagues which have come back a bit earlier, for example Germany, is that uh, teams are losing their home advantage, not having the fans behind them, is affecting results, Joel. That's exciting. I like that. Level playing field. Doesn't matter so, whether you're home or away. When we come back in 45 minutes' time... Or just about maybe 10 seconds for you, listener. Expect Sheffield United to have taken an easy lead without, <gasps> the, without the fans of Villa Park supporting the home team. For the first time in three months, Kyle and I, your casual football fans, except we're not casual, we just speak to casual fans, <laughs> are going to go and watch some football. Uh, maybe you're watching it as well. You're probably not knowing our listenership, uh, but don't worry guys, because we'll keep you abreast of developments as this episode goes on. Before we go, prediction, first half, best player, any goals? Uh, Billy Sharp, two goals for Sheffield United, 2-0. Jack Grealish, injury. Uh, the Aston Villa sort of... Uh, what would you call him? Um, Lynchpin. Lynchpin slash... Bad boy. Captain Fantastic slash bad boy. Uh, Jack Grealish to go pull up with an injury, not really fit enough. Yeah, an easy win for Sheffield United. I want to kick you in the And we are back. And as if to illustrate the extraordinary situation of football being back, a plane is going overhead, Kyle. Planes are back as well. But most importantly, we just ate some food. (laughs) We had Nepalese. Mmm. Yak and Yeti. It is called Yak and Yeti. It is, uh, there's two of them. There's one in Finsbury Park and one in Camden. We got from the one in Camden. Uh, Highly recommended. Try the Momo's. They're delicious. Oh, I'm so full, and I'm not quite full of football, Joel. I've got another half to go. Uh, what is the scorecard? We both predicted, I believe, a Sheffield United lead. They should have the lead, Joel. It's nil-nil at the moment. It was a pretty dour first half. No highlights to speak of, apart from one thing. Two minutes to go. What happened? With two minutes to go. Two minutes on the clock in, the, in, the fir- in a pretty non- uneventful first half. A high and hopeful free kick comes in from the left from Sheffield United. The Aston Villa keeper catches it. And is then quite clearly pushed over his own line by one of his own players. The ball goes in. There's no foul there. We all expect a goal. The referee looks at his watch. Listener, if you're not familiar, the goal line technology these days means that if a ball crosses the line, the referee gets a little thing on his on his watch, a little notification like on his a, watch. Like a Fitbit. You know, like when you, like when you get your steps in, he goes... Vroom. Yeah, essentially, it goes, this is a goal or this is not a goal. His watch doesn't go off. Well, then that's okay, because we've got, uh, we've got the video assistant referee, Carl. The they'll, VAR. They'll come along and, uh, and sort it out, right? Silence from Stockley Park, the famous home of British, v- British? English VAR. What do you make of that in Stockley Park? Apparently nothing, Joel. We saw the ball go over the line, Carl. This is what we've missed. This is it. It's the narrative. What if Sheffield United 
draw this game. What would happen, Carl, if the if they draw this game and those two points are the difference between them getting into Europe or not? Well, I'll cast you back, Joel, and I won't cast the listener back. I'll just cast you back very briefly to when they got relegated uh, about 10 years ago after a certain player playing for another club relegated them with a goal. It turns out that was a highly good... Is it happening to Sheffield United again? Oh. This is another ghost goal with 45 minutes into the return of the Premier League. And already we have a VAR controversy. Welcome back to the absolute tedium of Premier League football. I mean, who cares? Uh, I, I care. I've, I've, it's just been really nice to watch football. Um, things of note from the first half, though, Carl. Uh, a moment of silence for the victims of coronavirus, which was really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was followed up swiftly by every single player, all the officials, uh, all the management, all kneeling, taking a knee uh, in memory of George Floyd and in support of Black Lives Matter. And on top of that, there are no players' names on the backs of the shirts. They've all got Black Lives Matter written on the back of their shirts as well. Um, and one of the players uh, uh, at the back for Villa, Tyrone Mings, um, was spotted at a Black Lives Matter protest in Birmingham last week. Um, and there he was kneeling, it was good to see. I think, not wanting to detract from BLM in any way, that if there was one person that I could look like in the world, it would be Tyrone Mings. He's a very, very, very attractive man. Just and very so, tall. So tall and strapping and the beautiful eyes and the hair. Yep, I'm with you. He's a, a handsome, handsome fella. Uh, he's had a very relatively uneventful game. Let's be honest, Carl. As a watch along, as us watching the first game back, it's been pretty, pretty dull. Joel, the ball went into the net. Yeah, for one right. and it didn't count. Okay. Drama, high stakes. Hi, drama and high stakes. And I know what you're thinking, this now. If you're not watching this game, you're thinking, did Joel say that a player on the team of the goalkeeper on his own team pushed him in? He didn't do it on purpose, but it did sort of look like he did. It's all very confusing. They seem to have forgotten how to play the game. <laughs> That's what happens in three months. They've forgotten which way they're shooting. It's all gone uh, higgledy-piggledy. Another thing that's gone higgledy-piggledy, the crowd noise. They're, they're, they're pumping in crowd noise from somewhere. There's no one there. We told you at the beginning of the show, there's no fans in the stadium. And unlike in Spain, where they've had problems with fans turning up and chanting from outside the stadium Spanish football came back last week I don't think that's been a problem so far in this game but we can hear them Joel why? I mean a lot of our audience are work in theatre uh, imagine if you will uh, an empty auditorium uh, and a play being filmed but it's a comedy and to encourage you to enjoy it the theatre chooses to pipe in <laughs> an audience laughing it's a similar thing. I'm not quite sure what... I once did an Edinburgh show to four people, and there was three people in the show. Uh, and the golden rule of Edinburgh is, if there's less people in the audience than there are in your cast, don't do it. So we did it. Excellent. And it was a bit like that. I wish we'd pumped in laughs. <laughs> uh, I mean, to be fair, there are more people at that than there are paying fans at this football match. So who's laughing now? Me. I would also say, listener, when you do get a chance to watch on the free channels we described before the game, the, the Premier League matches in the next couple of weeks, look out for the fan walls. That's right. As you know, the Zoom quizzes you've been doing infinitum for the last three months. Imagine that, but it's everyone watching a football game and you get to watch their reactions. Just after this, look out, find a way to see the Sheffield United fans' reactions to the ghost goal. What I'm calling already... 
this season's goal. ghost goal. Oh, great, good. It is quite funny, though, when it cuts to a, a wall of faces on Zoom watching a football match. It's very strange. I can't wait for the time when there's going to be one person who's on delay. Just see someone responding late. That's going to be gold. Um, Jack Grealish, we mentioned for the game. Thoughts? Uh, relatively quiet, which for him is unusual. Um, his hair looks fabulous. A plaited top knot. Plaited top knot, shaven up quite high up the back of the neck, but in two cuts. So when he undoes the top knot, it will go down over the top of the shave. It's um, it's a strong look. They've all had haircuts, Kyle. I haven't had a haircut for over three months. Not to sound like a, a right-wing Your protest. Your hair does not grow that quick for three months. No, I know, but it's, it's quite grimy at the moment. It's quite it's sort of keeping it tight. Are you asking me how they got the hair did? Yeah. I tell you who didn't. The referee, he's got a, a Yeah, he's a got a very look. dodgy punts. Maybe that's why he's not seeing the goal. I mean, clearly, someone's, something's gone wrong. Um, I think that they're probably having a sort of undercover um, samurai hairdresser coming in. And that ain't okay. No, but well, you know, football. But I'm also, I'm sure. Before we go back to the game, listeners, I'm sure you're also wondering about this. Is it okay for them to be playing football? I, I, I'm very undecided on this fact. I don't know if it is okay. I mean, they're, they're, it's a multi-million-pound industry, and that's the only reason it's back. You can see the substitutes were sitting miles apart from each other they they they're sitting up um sort of rows up into the actual attendance seats of the fans they're really far apart and yet on the pitch you've got them grappling uh, all over each other um so yeah it does you beg the question this isn't social distancing that's not a question it's a statement it's very odd i don't know how i feel about it as i said i feel guilty that i'm excited it's back i don't i don't know if it should be um Tell us what you think, listener. Tweet us. Um, we still want to hear from you. We'll read them out on the next episode. Absolutely, we will. Um, I'm going to finish off my yak and yeti and then getty ready for the second half. Oh, dear. We are a team, a team of men. We play football and we're going to win the cup that everybody covered. So it's big, shiny, shiny. and it's made of gold. Little Britain is cancelled. Faulty Towers is controversial. But fear not, because the football's back and it was nil-nil. <laughs> First game back, no goals. If there's another 91 games or so to go, if they're all like this, why bother? <laughs> Just cancel the season. Oh, it was nil-nil. I mean, we should have expected it. You already knew that, listener. You were laughing at us at the start, optimistic, excited, conflicted, but nevertheless p- pleased. Uh, and yet here we are. We ate some nice food. It was lovely to see you, even at two metres distance. Um, Can't say that I enjoyed the game. It was nice to watch football. Uh, I'm sure if you're a listener of ours who likes football, you're feeling the same way. If you're a listener of ours that hates football, you're probably in a sort of mood where you're like, oh God, my, my friends or housemates or partner... Sitting in the front room, moaning about nil-nil and VAR and goal line technology. Especially if you're from Sheffield, listener. VAR is back. And back with a bang. We tried to work out why that goal couldn't possibly have been checked by VAR. Uh, Again, just to remind everyone, there's a room of people separate from the stadium, a long way away, watching the game, like we are at home, but 
with the authority to stop the game, talk to the ref and say, we need to retract that decision and change it. They Apparently, they, the reason they couldn't do it for a goal line um, crossing sort of incident like this is because the goal line technology is supposed to work to such a, uh, a degree that there is no reasonable doubt that there was never even a consideration that VAR would ever be able to override a goal line technology decision. The goal line technology didn't work. The ball crossed the line. No goal. Welcome back. Uh, things I didn't like. Piped in crowd noise. What's the point? Things I did like. And this is a nice takeaway, listeners. If you take nothing else from the re- Project Restart, shall we call it? Oh, please don't call it Project Restart. If you take nothing else from hashtag Project Restart today, take this and you can... This is something that's nice. The manager of Aston Villa is Dean Smith. Now, Dean Smith's dad... Uh, used to be a steward at Villa Park for a very long time. Um, a, cr- help- a crowd steward. Yeah, helping in people in, making sure everyone's okay, making them sit down for standing up. Um, he sadly passed away, but uh, in a sort of tribute to him, they had a special steward's jacket laid out on one of the empty chairs with Dean Smith's dad's initials on the, on the, cr- on the chest. And it also had a couple of actual stewards flanking it, which I thought was nice. Yeah, uh, you know, and not only that, we, we spoke about uh, in the previous segment about the Black Lives Matter on the back of the shirts, taking a knee before the game, a moment of silence, coronavirus victims. They also all had a blue heart uh, with the uh, NHS written on it, everyone, the referee and the players. Um, football has a lot to live up to, especially if you've been following the news. Last weekend, the Democratic Football Lands Alliance marched uh, in an anti-Black Lives Matter capacity uh, to quote-unquote defend statues in central London uh, and they fought the police, fought each other and urinated on a tribute uh, to uh, a, a dead policeman. Um, so football, you know, needs has some image cleaning up to do. Uh, I'm still glad it's back. Are you glad it's back? Um, you just throw me with the mention of the DFLA. Yeah. I think we're going to have to do an episode on it. Uh, I think we'll do, at some point, listener, we'll do a deep dive onto uh, the DFLA, who they are, where they've come from, why uh, they are politically so sort of troubling and what they stand for. Um, uh, I, I definitely think it's worth uh, exploring more about racism in football. Uh, not that, I mean, not that we don't talk about it enough, but there's more to be discussed, uh, especially as they're now coming out against Black Lives Matter. I want to close on uh, a couple of takeaways in a football clinic sort of style. Oh, I thought it was, you were going to talk about Yak and Yeti again. Great no, no, no. Nepalese takeaway. Highly recommend it. Uh, by the Momos. I'm not going to talk about that again. They're not sponsoring us. They might do if we say it one more time. That's Yak and Yeti <laughs> in Kentish Town. Joel, remember we have guests? Remember guests? No. <laughs> I mean, I've seen them on Zoom. Remember we do a football clinic where we'd say, oh, I don't know what this means. Can you tell me? Yeah, you normally sing the theme tune. Well, we don't have anyone to do the clinic with, so instead today I'm going to give you a couple of things to take away. Um, one of which is... This is something to bring up when you're watching these games at home on free TV with all your friends, family, slash housemates, or even in isolation, whatever. A thing you can say. Oh, they've increased the substitutions up from three maximum to five. But you can only make them in increments of three, so to stop time wasting. You don't have to know what that means, but just say that. If you don't, <laughs> if you want to rewind and listen again, there you go. Um, they've also increased the bench size from seven players to nine. Again, 
very little difference, but nice to know. And finally, a lovely little tidbit to take away. When you see the players having a water break, you can know that's because football is never played at club level in the summer months like this, in June and July, as it will be. So they're allowed water breaks because of the heat. And tell them about the water bottles, Joel. They've each got their own individual water bottle with their names on. Now, isn't that cute? You can take that away and tell all your pals. So, listener, uh, we will obviously be doing a lot of this because we're excited. We hope you are. Um, but if you have stories for us, you can still send them to us. That's absoluteworldypodcast at gmail.com, absoluteworldypodcast at gmail.com. And you can tweet us at worldypodcast or find us on Instagram, absoluteworldyfootballpodcast. Well done, Joel. Thank you. Also, we will have guests soon. When we're allowed, when we're permitted, uh, and we can find a way to make our mic a bit more multidirectional. Stop talking about our system. Okay. Look forward to guests. Look forward to football. Been so good to be back. Uh, yeah, that. (laughs) See you soon. Bye. That was the Absolute Worldy Football Podcast by Kyle Ross and Joel Samuels with theme music by Adam Janos-Bazowski and Amachada Patel. Absolute Worldy is dedicated to the memory of Liam Seeker. Please do remember to like, share, subscribe, follow us at Worldy Podcast on Twitter, Absolute Worldy Football Podcast on Instagram, and drop us a line anytime at AbsoluteWorldyPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and goodbye. You're just naming birds? No, I'm, no, I'm naming players. Why are you just naming players then? Because they're, they're definitely players. I know because that. Because this is, well... It's to do yeah. with how we lost the cup and... Yeah? Well, they're, they're gone. What? The players. Where are they? They've all been replaced by international talent. Okay.